Hello and welcome to this episode of the Teenage Sea Legs podcast. Being a teenager at the time of these events, I should have been at school and uh, clearly I wasn't, so I thought I would use this episode to describe how I received my education and how it contributed to me ending up where I am today. So I clearly had an unconventional education um, as a teenager. Travelling around the world on a boat means you can't go to a conventional school, which in fact probably suited me because looking back, I didn't enjoy school at all, even though I was bright enough to understand and pass exams and that sort of thing. I certainly don't think I probably thrived the way I did when I was travelling around with my parents and my family. And it is quite funny, my Parents, obviously, when they announced to friends and family their plans to set up and take the family to sea, there were doubts and questions and all that sort of thing. And um, one of the many questions that kept coming back was, um, what about your children's education? You know, what about the children? To which my parents would quip, oh, hadn't thought of that, which, of course, they had. By way of background, my mother was a, um, a school teacher, indeed. She taught at the, the school I was at in Sale in Australia. Her specialities were the arts, um, mainly languages. She's taught French, but she also had a background in economics. My father was a trained veterinary surgeon. and He'd also been a diver, both in the Royal Navy and the oil fields of Australia. So if you like, he could cover the sciences and uh, engineering, that sort of thing. So I think they had it pretty well sussed. Although I suppose for the first year or so, they sort of designed the curriculum themselves. They taken advice and got some couple of textbooks and that sort of thing and so they would design lessons for us and certainly for me I remember my father having this chemistry textbook and he would work through it with me chapter by chapter and it was fairly straightforward because at that uh, stage I must have been what 13 or 14 so the, the science was fairly general and we could talk through things and uh, I think my father used to occasionally get frustrated because I was always wanting to know more and asking why rather than just being satisfied with the explanation. And uh, my mother was doing things like English literature, poetry, and that sort of thing with us. And I guess the contention there, when we came to be doing things like Shakespeare, I wanted to do the histories like Macbeth and uh, Henry V, whereas my mother liked The Taming of the Shrew and Romeo and Juliet and all that sort of thing. But it was, again, as I reflect back on that, it was interesting, the sort of conversations we had as we were sort of reading through these plays. One of my sisters was younger than me and one was older, so we all studying slightly different levels and rates. It meant that we couldn't obviously study while we were sailing. Um, sometimes if we were doing a long passage, we might be able to do a little bit, but more often than not, the watch cycle of the boat meant you were either up and about or sleeping. So most of our studying was sort of crammed into stationary points in harbours or anchorages and that sort of thing. But we found we could... Um, get a, a good day studying around a topic uh, within about a morning. So you, you crack on through your studies and by lunchtime I'd finished the school and, and the day and the afternoon was mine. But there was always that slight sort of combination of carrying on studying in a way. So if, if I was diving with my father, there'd be a little bit of zoology coming in as we were looking at the sort of all the fish life around us. Walking around islands, we'd be trying to work out what the various plants and animal species we were seeing were it was certainly quite fun on night watches looking up at the night sky and uh, picking out constellations and that sort of thing so it's possibly not really a, a formal education as such and I 
um, looking at my role as an educator now, I would wonder how you would devise a means of assessing it. But it was certainly um, immense fun. I certainly, the sort of shackles I felt on uh, at school were certainly thrown off and I found a freedom to just sort of explore things in a way that I really quite enjoyed. And once we started getting into the sort of Pacific Islands and you start to see alternative cultures and alternative histories, it triggered an interest in history for me as well. I was fascinated at the mixing when you particularly got to places like the Solomon Islands where you had the the mixing of the Polynesian and uh, Micronesian cultures and peoples and how they'd moved around and then superimposed on on that was the uh, the Second World War and there was a, a vast amounts of wreckage and detritus from the fighting in the Second World War there and the impact that had had on, on the people there. And so again, it was more of an education based on experience. However, as we progressed, and I think again, I thank my parents for this, the sort of common sense approach. When we stopped to refit the boat after its shakedown cruise and we were in Australia, I think they began to feel that designing a curriculum at the same time as running the boat was perhaps a bit of a tall order. And it's asking quite a lot to make that work, particularly as you get to the sort of levels of education where you need to get a sit a, uh, an exam like your um, A-levels or that sort of thing. And, all, and if you want to go on to university, which I think at that stage, I certainly did. So luckily, um, help was at hand. Australia, with its vast distances, is quite used to supplying education at a distance. There was a, um, uh, this service mostly families and the outback um, cattle and sheep stations. And there was a, a school in Brisbane, a correspondence school, where they would send out course material and weekly assignments, and then you could sit and examine a remote location and that sort of thing. And it was, it was all part of the standard syllabus for Queensland. And so we were all signed up to that. And I took from memory, I took English, history, maths, physics, biology. The one subject, curiously, they were missing um, was chemistry. We plugged that gap by then blending in a um, correspondence course from Cambridge in the UK. There was a National Extension College where you could sit the equivalent of um, O and A level chemistry at the time. And so um, we signed up for this and I think we were slightly unusual in that they were more used to dealing with people who, while they may be at a distance, the distance was fixed, uh, whereas we were a something of a, of a moving target. But um, the school certainly rose to the occasion and uh, we had boxes of books and coursework delivered. And the scientists had home experiment kits, which were great fun. The, the, the physics one had all sorts of uh, snooker balls for doing sort of um, collision, inelastic collisions and that sort of thing, and kinetics trolleys and, and ticker tape experiments. And the biology kit had scalpels and, uh, and a microscope and that sort of thing. Chemistry experiments I had to make on the fly, and um, I might recount a couple of amusing experiments my father and I tried um, later on. So we were duly equipped with those, and the, the only slight shock was the school said, hmm, your children are quite far behind as far as we were concerned. They might have a job catching up with their year, because uh, effectively they said I had about two years to make up, which I thought I, I didn't think so at all. And certainly in the first year, as we carried on um, travelling along the Australian coast at the time, I made very steady progress, again, working really only in the mornings, to the extent that um, shortly after my parents then got a letter from the school saying, actually, we're not sure we're serving your children adequately enough, which caused quite a lot of head scratching. And they said, actually, we want to make sure they're being properly stretched. And so I was given a personal tutor whose job it was, was to give me additional challenging work and questions, which I quite enjoyed because they picked up on my love of sciences and 
a history and uh, I used to get um, set tasks looking up the, the sort of history of the science so history of uh, the mathematicians that um, were I was studying in the pure maths course and that sort of thing and they were very adaptable too so in the biology course one of the home experiments was dissect a rat and again the school was well set up to um, send rats for dissection to um, people on farms and cattle stations but posting rats overseas was an absolute no-no so um, it was agreed I could dissect the animal of my choice and so having thought about this my father and I decided we were able to catch a small shark in the shallows of a a reef we decided that I would dissect that we made sure uh, we killed it humanely and then I set to work and it was all about this is where my father's veterinary background came in good he taught me showed me how to draw each stage as you were doing it the shark was quite a tough proposition. Its skin resisted the scalpel far more than your average rat, but I made quite good progress with it. We were very wary, and my father was quite cautious. Sharks, even though they're dead, or seemingly dead, because of their simple nervous system, they can still actually bite. And even a baby shark would give your fingers a nasty bite while you were doing that. So I duly um, did this dissection and sent it in, and the um, my biology teacher was quite interested and said, and I do something else now. So I think the next thing I did was a fish, a uh, squirrel fish that we'd uh, caught we were going to eat anyway. <laughs> so I suppose in some respects I started reading fish entrails, but no, it wasn't anything like that. We also spent a lovely day when the boat was beached to have its um, the, the weed scraped off its um, hulls because it's a high tide, low tide thing. My father set, both myself and my two sisters, the job of surveying the sort of littoral zone of a beach, both at high tide and low tide, and recording all the animals that were there at high tide and those that stayed at low tide and how the various plants and corals reacted. Um, and that, that was, again, a really interesting experience. So we duly went on with our travels and the correspondence schools, both of them, were very good at getting material to us. We were often giving them some very obscure locations like the post office of Gozo Island or something like that. And when we arrived, the post office was delighted that Dragonfly had turned up. There were sacks of mail waiting for us. One of the disadvantages was although it was based on weekly assignments and then getting feedback, we would often have to do several weeks' work, post it when we got to the next post office and then collect the feedback. And so sometimes the slightly slower feedback loop meant that we were often not correcting our mistakes as rapidly as we might. But again, the schools were, both of them were very good at adapting to that. And uh, I certainly didn't feel particularly um, disadvantaged. I suppose the only area I we really probably lacked was a sense of where we were measured in terms of our peers and I'd get an assignment back and let's say I'd scored 95% on it instead of thinking yeah I've got 95% I'd be thinking oh no I've lost 5% what have I done wrong and again my parents in combination with the tutors feedback were very good at making sure that I didn't get too worried about that sort of thing and so again it was a sort of make sure we focus on the study and get it done when we could and then we could go off and uh, carry on sort of playing so it was very much studying in fits and bursts which is often the case with um, studying at a distance because there's sort of you, you can't get into that routine of going to school and having that protected time things sort of happen all around you and the final dramatic bit I suppose and I'm highlighting where the series will probably end. We had the misfortune to lose the boat in the middle of the Indian Ocean. We were heading for Sri Lanka, where we could all sit some fairly important exams, both for um, myself and my older sister in particular, they would be the university entrance exams. 
And for my sister, it was particularly devastating because she had the exams literally two months away. And of course, having abandoned the boat, everything was left behind. All the school notes, all the school books, the works. And again, the schools did a magnificent job when we were dropped back in uh, Melbourne by the, the ship that rescued us. They had sets of replacement school material delivered to us within a day, the address where we were staying. And my sister was able to sit exams there and obviously with um, the special and unique circumstances taken into account. We then returned to the UK for that year. So I did my final year still by correspondence. It didn't see much point sending me to a school either in the UK or Australia just for the final year. So I studied on my grandparents' farm. And again, I had that routine now. I would get up in the morning, breakfast, do that particular course that I wanted to get done and then have the, the afternoon to go off and uh, and walk and explore around the, the new forest where I was. Very much terra firma now. So did this way all work out? Oh, well, ultimately, yes, it did. We ended up back in Australia, in Brisbane. I sat the entrance exams for the University of Queensland and got a place to do my Bachelor of Science degree. I think my parents were probably even more happy and relieved than I was. I think it was certainly a vindication for all the choices they had um, taken. And I certainly loved the way I'd been taught. A mixture of that formal education delivered at a distance combined with what I would describe as lifelong learning experiences um, shared with the rest of my family. And if you like, I caught up with my peers. I was going into university at the time I wanted to do. Had the um, boat not been lost, I would have been of university age when we arrived in the UK, having come up the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. And my plan had always been to leave the boat and go to university there. I wasn't going to complete the circumnavigation, I think. Um, but who, as, you, as we found, uh, plans change sometimes unexpectedly. So I then swung back into a, a university education doing my um, Bachelor of Science there. And I certainly found university a shock in terms of all the people that were around me, suddenly going to lectures with a couple of hundred other students. But I found university study was very similar to how I'd learned. So I continued to thrive in that regard and uh, enjoyed that. I ended up with a first-class honours degree in chemistry and got a scholarship to do my um, PhD, my DPhil in Oxford. So I was back in the UK and, and did my DPhil there and uh, carried on wandering around the world for a bit doing postdoctoral research in uh, France and back in the UK before I ended up at the Open University where I am now as an academic teaching and researching chemistry. For those of you that may not be aware of it, the Open University is the largest university in the UK and it was set up 50 years ago to provide a university education at a distance. So quite unplanned and quite un, un sort of bitten, I've ended up at an institution that is very much in my DNA and part of my educational heritage, I think. I've been here nearly 20 years and love the institution and love what it stands for. So we have a hundred and... 70-odd thousand students studying all sorts of courses at, uh, at a distance, undergraduate courses. Then I also have PhD students of my own who come through my labs where I'm based in England. And it's great seeing the, the variety of students and different backgrounds and their motivations and desires for studying and all that sort of thing. And I, I think my parents pass on to me a love of learning and a love of teaching and I think both also the, the tutors as well at a distance conveyed that and it taught me that teaching and learning is a two-way experience that you learn from your students 
as much as you teach them. And certainly some of the discussions and arguments, if you like, and debates I had with my parents over particular topics, even the scientific ones where I would be disagreeing with something that my father tried to teach me. And he would invariably persuade me where my error was, but it was, he said it made him have to really think quite deeply about what he um, was trying to teach. And my mother, when we were talking about moments in history and that sort of thing, I think because I was exposed to these sort of different cultural mixes at an early age, I had a slightly different view of the world than I might have had if I'd gone up through a conventional school system. And so often history I found fascinating because it was potentially subjective, but it still needed evidence that could be interpreted. And I, I enjoyed that and I still retain a deep interest in history and that sort of thing. So I thoroughly enjoyed my um, educational upbringing and I think it's got me where I am today and for my parents for giving me that experience I am eternally grateful. <laughs>